fertile ground. Let your heart be prepared to receive the engrafted word of God. Yes, Father. Oh, yes. Lord, we are thankful and we are grateful. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to come in your presence to hear your word. Almighty Father, we ask, O oh God, that you speak to us tonight. We ask, O oh God, let our hearts, O oh God, be receptive to your word. Spirit of God, I ask that you give me access to the hearts of your people. I pray, Lord, that your word shall penetrate our hearts. I pray, Lord, that transformation shall come in our lives. May we know you and love you like we have never done before. Oh, Spirit of God, I avail myself. Use me only as a vessel that all the glory will come to you. We thank you and we bless you. We love you, Jesus. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, with a clap offering, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I, um, I always say that those of you who come for weekday services, those of you who have taken your walk with the Lord to this level, you are very wise. Hallelujah. You are very, very wise. Amen. And if men look at you and they think of you as people who do not know what to do with their time, they are doing the right thing. Hallelujah. Because they are of the world. Do you understand? And so that is what is expected of you when the world looks at you. When the, Lord, when the world looks at you, everything that you are doing, if you are doing it to please the Lord, it will look foolish in the eyes of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you are doing anything that the world looks at you, looks at you as if you don't know what you are doing, you don't, you don't seem to understand what the value of time is, you don't seem to have value for time, you don't understand that you are doing the right thing. Hallelujah. Amen. Understand that you are doing the right thing. Because the foolishness of the world, the, the, the Bible says that God has used the foolishness the foolishness of the world to confound the wise. Hallelujah. And so the things that please God, they are foolishness to the world. Yes. The things that please God, they are foolishness to the world. You look into your life. All the things that you do that will really please God, they are foolishness to the world. Amen. They are weakness to the world. Hallelujah. So when you are doing these things, let your focus be on Christ. Amen. Always let your focus be on Christ. The Bible says that he is your author and he is the finisher of your faith. Amen. Amen. And let your focus be on him. Because if you look at the world, you will not do what will please the Lord. True. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Well, tonight I want us to continue the series of messages that we've been sharing for the last few weeks. And um, I am glad you love it. And I pray that 
you'll be a doer of the word. Hallelujah. You'll be a doer of the word. The Bible says that that person, the one who hears and is a doer of the word, he says, this person, this person, you see, God is not confused at all with who is blessed. He says, this person, this particular person, such a man who hears and does it, he is blessed in his deed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I pray that you be a doer of the word. Amen. Amen. So we were talking about what it means to walk in love. What it means to walk in love. And, um, you know, this, is, this subject of love, you know, this subject of love, I believe if you've been in this church for a while, you realize that it is one particular area that I talk about a lot. It is an area that I preach a lot about, you know, about the subject of love. Amen. Amen. And I think it is something that we need to have a good grasp on. It is something that we have to be rooted in. Hallelujah. It is something that we have to have a deep understanding in. Amen. It is a a subject that is very, very important. The subject of love. Hallelujah. And so, it is not my only message. But it is a message that is very, very, very important. Very, very important. Very, very, very important. And I cannot overemphasize it. I cannot emphasize on it enough how important it is to have love. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 34. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 34. It says, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Hallelujah. You know, it's, if you look at the scripture, it is, Jesus is saying, Love the Lord with all your being. Love the Lord with everything that you are. Hallelujah. That means everything that you do, let it go into loving God. Because everything that we do, we do with our minds, we do with our hearts, we do with our souls, we do with our strength. That is, these are the things that we do. Everything that we do, if we are singing and we are really enjoying it, we are doing it with our soul. We are doing it with our emotions. We are doing it with our passion. Hallelujah. If we are working on something, we are working, we are running after something, we're doing it with our strength. Amen. If it's something that requires thinking, we are doing it with our mind. Sometimes we want to go to a quiet place so we can focus and think. Amen. Amen. Sometimes companies gather their people and feed their minds. They will gather their people to an isolated place, sometimes for days. Sometimes they, 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 they 
take them outside of the country. Do you see? And just go and train them. Train them means put things in their minds. Hallelujah. So everything we do, we do all these things that Jesus is talking about concerns everything that we do. And so, in short, he's saying, love the Lord with all your being. Love the Lord with all that you are. Hallelujah. It must be very important. So somebody came to him and said, look, we are confused with these laws. You know, we are confused. They say, do this, do that, do this, do that. Now tell us, tell me right now, which one is the most important of the laws? Give me the great commandment that when I do this, then I know that I am done. I am okay. I'm in good standing. And Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And he said, this is the first and the great commandment. It is the first and great. It is the first and great. He says, this is the first and great commandment. Hallelujah. To love God with all your being, to love God with everything that you are, is the first and great commandment. And he says, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then he says, on these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. He says, on these two commandments, on these two commandments, to love God with all your being and to love your neighbor, hang all the law and the prophets. Now, the, all the law and the prophets are, is the word of God. It's the commandments of God. Thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all, thou shalt do this, thou shalt not convert after your neighbor's wife, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. He says, all these things, all these things, you have to pay your tithe. The, the laws, the prophets, everything is hanging on these two things. That if you are able to do these two things, you have done all the laws and the prophets. Isn't that powerful? I think it's a great key that we should desire to have if we really are looking into pleasing God. Hallelujah. It's a great key that we need to desire. So we said that we must not switch this around. We must not switch this around. Jesus said, this is the first and great commandment. And we should not switch it around. And you see, a lot of times, when we talk about love, and we talk about what it means even to walk in love, when we talk about walking in love, we often think of loving your spouse, be faithful to your wife, treat your wife with nicely, or buy gifts for people. When someone is sick, visit the person. Do you see? Isn't that what we think of when we talk about working in love? Oh, this, this person, he gives. You know, he's, he's a giver. He has such love in his heart. Do you see? Visit the sick. Amen. 
Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you see, when we talk about walking in love, these are the things that come in our minds. But we have been learning that we cannot love anyone, we cannot love anyone unless we love God first. So there is that vertical love that we have to have first before we even come to this level of horizontal love. There is a higher love that should come before we try this horizontal love one another. Hallelujah. And we cannot have love for another person if we do not have love for God. Amen. Amen. So Jesus says, you love God with all your being. You love God with all your being. Now, if I understand it clearly, it means that when you have finished loving God, there's not even any left for another person. Isn't that so? He says, love God because, I mean, if I'm going to love God with all my heart, that means I have nothing left for you. There's nothing else in my heart left for you. Isn't that so? And if I'm going to love God with all my soul, my emotions, when I have passion, when I, you know, if all of it is for God, then there's none left for you. Isn't that so? And if I'm loving God with all my strength, Everything that I'm doing is about God. All of my strength is going, my might, everything is going into loving God. Then by the time I meet you, I don't have any more strength for you. Isn't that so? But God is very wise. Amen. God is very wise. He says, you love me first. Love me first. Fill yourself with the fullness of God. Fill yourself with the love of God. Have love. Have love of God in you first. And when you have that, you will realize that love will emanate from you. Love will will radiate from you. People around you will feel God when there is so much of God in you. You will not need that you make an effort to love. You will not need extra strength to love another person. You will not need another mind, extra mind to focus on loving another person. You will not need another heart, extra, make an effort in your heart to make room to love another person. When that love of God has filled your heart, love will emanate from your heart. Hallelujah. It will emanate from your heart. So he says, love God with all your heart. Leave no room for anyone. Just fill your heart with the love of God. Hallelujah. Because you cannot love anyone if you do not have love for God. Amen. So if you cannot love someone if you do not have love for God, then it means that the more you have love for God, the more you are able to love someone. Isn't that so? So it means that the fullness of God that I have in my heart means that there's the fullness of love that I will have for you. Isn't that so? I mean, is it not proportional? That if I have love of God, I'll have some love for you. So if my love goes up, there's more love coming to you. So if my love is full, if all of my strength is full of God's love, and all of my soul is filled with God's love, and all of my heart is filled with God's love, then I don't make any extra effort to love you. Love will just emanate from me. When you are around me, you feel love radiating from me. Because there is so much love of God filled in me. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Amen. So, First John chapter four. First John chapter four and verse seven. First John four. And verse 7. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you understanding the message that I'm sharing with you tonight? I tell you, this is a very important subject. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God. Now he says, verse 8, he says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is love. For God is love. Say, God is love. Say, God is love. So, so can we say that love equals God? God is love. Hallelujah. God is love. If you talk about, if you say love, then you are referring to God. If you mention love, then you are referring to God. You know, let me read this from the Common English Bible. It says, Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God. Love comes from God. Do you see? Love is from God. If I say I love you, that means that I have received something from God. If I say I have some love for you, I have something in my heart concerning you, I have you in my heart, it means I have received something from God. He says, love, he says, love is from God. And everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. If I say I love you and I don't know God, it is not love. Everyone who loves knows God. He knows God and he has received something from God. He knows God and he has, he, has, he has gotten part of God in him. Because God is love. So he says, the person who doesn't love doesn't know God. Hallelujah. So if you find someone, if you find someone, he says, the person who doesn't love doesn't know God. So you will realize that if you are with someone and the person says, I don't love you anymore, it is not something that you have done wrong. It is not something that you have done so wrong that you have taken love out of him. But it is that the person does not know God anymore. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's not because you have offended the person. It's not because you have done something wrong to the person. It's not because that you have done something so awful that the person says, I don't have love for you anymore. What it means is that I don't know God anymore. If the husband decides to pack and leave, it means that he has lost God totally. There is no God in him anymore. 
If the wife says, I, can't, I don't have love for you anymore. I cannot stay in this relationship. It means that she has no God in her anymore. She doesn't know God from this moment. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing this evening? It means that you do not know God now. Hallelujah. He says, the person who doesn't love does not know God. Because God is love. Because God is love. Hallelujah. Because God is love. Amen. So, we must have more of God in us. We must have more of God in us. Amen. If you go down to verse 16, the same chapter, verse 16, he says, says, we have known and have believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who remain in love remain in God. And God remains in them. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody tonight? It says, those who remain in love remain in God. So if he says, I don't have love for you anymore, that person is not in God anymore. He says, those who remain in in love remain in God. He says, God is love. And those who remain in love remain in God and God remains in them. And God remains in them. So as long as you are in love, as long as you have someone is feeling love from you and love is emanating from you, it is a sign that God is still in you. The moment you open your mouth to say, I don't love you anymore, say to yourself that God is not in me anymore. Because if God is in you, there is no way that love will not come from you. Hallelujah. You see, so if you understand this, you see, if the husband and the wife understand it, you realize that you will always want to have God in you. And you will always want to be in the relationship. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is why it's such a dangerous thing to marry an unbeliever. It is such a dangerous thing. I cannot emphasize on it enough. That it is dangerous. It is dangerous. It is, it is a murder. It is actually it is a suicidal. It is, it is like you are committing suicide when you marry an unbeliever. You know, sometimes you find this young woman that brings some younger man here and then he says, Reverend, you know, and then they, they, they will tell the person what you need to do when you get to church. When you come to church, just come to church. He says, I'm going to introduce you to my Reverend today. When you come to church, at the end, they will say, if you hear, lift up your right hand side. Just lift up your hand. You may not understand it. At the end, they will say, those who want to give their life to Christ, you don't worry about that. Just lift up your hand. That's all. Just lift up your hand. You see? And then you bring the person. I'm preaching a very good message. I'm telling you, I am preaching a very good message. 
So your endeavor to find someone to marry, your endeavor looking for someone who is going to say, I love you and will remain in love and continue to love you no matter what, no matter what you do, he will continue to love you. Find someone who knows God. Find someone who is ready to keep God. Someone who is going to be maintained in God. Someone who is going to continue in God. Someone who is going to continue working with God. If you find such a person, you have found someone who can love you. Amen. 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 Yes. Hallelujah. He says, God is love. And those who remain in love, remain in God. And God remains in them. This is how love has been perfected in us. Verse 17. So that we can have confidence on the judgment day. Because we are exactly the same as God in this world. Look, this love thing is very important. It is very important. It is that which will make you confident even on the judgment day. Because it is that which will show that God is still in you. You are still born again. It is that which will show that when I said, I invite Jesus Christ into my life from today, I invite you into my life, it is that which will show you that Jesus still is in you when that love is in you. And so it is that which will give you confidence on the judgment day. That truly... As I am coming before the judgment throne, Jesus is still in me. I am still born again. That is the sign that you are still born again. When there is still love in you. Amen. Do you realize that you are lifting up your hands to give your life to Christ? It's not enough. But on that day, that you still have love in you is the most important. So do you agree with me that this love thing is a very important thing? It is a very, very important thing. Because you can give your life to Christ and so you will not make it to him. It says, it is this. It says, this is how, this is how love has been perfected in us. So that we can have, this is how love has been perfected in us. The love that we have, the love that is in us, the God that remains in us. This is how love has been perfected in us. This is how love has been perfected in us. The born again Christian, this is how love has been perfected in you so that we can have confidence on the judgment day because we are exactly the same as God in this world. We are exactly the same as God in this world. As we are in this world, we are exactly the same as God. And we know what God does when someone sins against him. Isn't that so? And he says we are exactly the same as God in this world. Amen. I tell you, it is very, very important that we have love in us. It is very important. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And verse 16. 
You know, before we, we go on, before we go on, let's read Revelations. Let us read Revelations. Okay, you know what? Stay on Ephesians. We'll come back to that later. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. Hallelujah. Are you being blessed by this message? Look, I tell you, this life thing is very important. And I will continue to preach it until you get it. Amen. It is very, very important. Yes. You see, Paul was praying, Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus. And he says, Verse 16. He says, I ask that he will... Let's read from verse 14. He says, this is why I knew before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. You see, this is the pastor preaching for his church members. And he says, I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through you, through faith. He says, I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith as a result of having strong roots in love. As a result of having strong roots in love, I ask that you will have the power to grasp love's width, its length, the height, the depth, Together with all the believers, I want you to understand love in its width, in its depth, in its length, in every area of it, what it means to walk in love. I really want you to get it. I really want you to understand it. And I pray that God will give you the power. I pray that God will give you the grasp of it. He says, I ask that you will have the power to grasp the width, the length, and the breadth, and the height of love. It is, my, it is my prayer. This is what the apostle was saying. It is my prayer that the church will have a grasp of it. It is my prayer that they will have a depth of understanding when it comes to love. Amen. Amen. He says, I ask that you have the power, the power, not the power to heal, not the power to perform miracles, not, but the power to grasp, the power to grasp the depth of love and the length and the height and the breadth. He says, I ask that you will know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. I think it's a very good prayer. It's a very good prayer. To pray that you'll be filled entirely with the fullness of God. To say, I ask, I ask that you will, know the, you will know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge. You should know it beyond knowledge. You should have an understanding of it beyond knowledge. So that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Be filled entirely, entirely, your whole being, your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. Be filled entirely 
with the fullness of God. No room for anything else. But be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Hallelujah. I think love is a very, very important thing for us to have. It is very important. Amen. That is why Jesus says we should love God with all that we have. With everything. That is why he says love God with your might. Love God with all your mind. Love God with all your heart. Love God with all your strength. Love God. Love God. Amen. Amen. Love God. And we see we must not confuse. We must not be confused with loving the things of God to loving God. With loving God. We must not be confused between the two. At all. At all. We must not be confused between the two. Hallelujah. Because we will be very surprised if we confuse the two. Jennifer, we will be surprised. We will be shocked if we confuse the two. Yes. There were some people who were very surprised when they were confused with the two. Yeah. You want me to show you those people? Are you sure you want to know them? Okay, go to Matthew chapter 7. Don't be confused at all. It says, have the fullness of God in you. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There were some people who confused the two. And they had a shock. He says, not everyone, this is Jesus speaking. He says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who comes to me and says, Lord, Lord, Lifting up your hands every Sunday in church and singing, Lord, Lord, shall come into heaven. Not everyone. Look, don't get the two confused. Love, having the love of God in you, the fullness of God in you, that gives you boldness on a judgment day. That gives you confidence on a judgment You see, these people came with certain confidence. They came with some confidence on a judgment day. And Jesus is saying, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. I am preaching a Christian message to you. I am preaching a Christian message to you. It is not a type of message that may excite you. It's not a bless me message, but if you receive it, you'll be blessed. Hallelujah. He says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 22. He says, many, many, many will say to me, I believe there are many who are confused. He says, many will say to me in that day, in that day, come
coming boldly on the judgment day. Coming boldly with confidence. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Look, don't confuse prophecies. Having the ability to prophesy that you say and it come to pass. That I said to you, as you are going home tonight, somebody is going to meet you in front of your house. That person is driving a white car. When you see that person, don't stop. Just drive on and make a U-turn. When you make a U-turn, you see the person following you. Don't stop. Just drive to the prison. And when you go home, you see someone with a right car in front of your house. And then you see and say, mm. Then you drive and you pass by that car. And the person is following you. You make a U-turn. The person is also following you. Following you to the prison. You say, would you come to this church again? Oh, you will come. If I say, if I prophesy to you like this, and it comes dito dito. You understand what is dito dito? And it comes to pass. You will say, this pastor is anointed. He's filled with the spirit of God. That means he's filled with the fullness of God. And he hears the voice of God. And he prophesies and it comes to pass. There is no doubt when this pastor dies, there's no doubt in your mind that this pastor is going to heaven. But he says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. Joyce, in thy name have cast out devils. So you see people line up here and they are going, they are rolling like snakes. And as they roll down, they get to the end, the devils have left them. And they stand up and they are normal again. You bring schizophrenia and they are coming here. Bring them, bring all these bipolars, bring them. People with depression, I'm casting out devils from them. Don't you, don't, won't you feel like there's fullness of God in this person. And that this pastor, there's no doubt that he will go to heaven. He says, and in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. Not one or two. Many wonderful works. Many wonderful works. Many wonderful works. And then, and then, will I profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. That means that all the while that you were prophesying, all the while that you were casting out devils, all the while that you were doing many wonderful works, there was no fullness of God in you. There was nothing in you. I was not in you, so I did not even know you. But you see, one thing that you have to understand is this. You see, the anointing of God is not for the man of God. The anointing of God is for the people. Do you understand? So you see, if a person avails himself, if the person avails himself for the sake of the people, you see, 
God will not allow his people who are tired like this after work, having to work all day and are tired and they have God on their mind and they say they are coming to gather to hear God and to be blessed. God will not allow them to gather and for the sake of a man who is nothing, a man who does not have God in him, for the sake of that man, God will not cast out the blessing. God will not withhold the blessing from his people. Do you understand that? And so, in his name, you can do wonderful works, even though you don't have the fullness of God in you. In his name, you can cast out devils, even though you don't have love in you. You don't have the fullness of God in you. Because the anointing, it is for the people. The anointing comes when the people of God gather. The anointing is not in the hand or it's not in the pocket of a man of God that you can take it anytime that you want. That is why you should not always hunger that every time there should be some prophecy over your life. That a, a man of God should always be able to prophesy over your life. No. The anointing is for the people. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And so someone can do mighty works and there is no God in the person. There is no God in the person. Someone can lay hands on and then people are falling and turning and running over. But there is no love. There is no God in the person. It's possible. It's possible. Hallelujah. It is possible. So he says... And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Does it sound like the past? Yeah, yeah, it's the then, the time that you were doing all those wonderful works, the time that you were, you were prophesying and was coming to pass, I never knew you. I never knew. I was not in you. Yes, I did works. I, 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 I healed my people. When you say be healed, they were healed. Yes. It's for the people. The person believed. And so when you say, in the name of Jesus, be healed, the person was healed. It's not the, it's not the person. That is why it says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The treasure is in earthen vessels. The treasure is in earthen There's treasure, but it's in earthen vessels. It is so that the glory will not be of the man, but it will be of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so you can find people do things like that. And he says, I never knew you. What a shock. I think this love is a very important thing. It is a very important thing. You see, look, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12. You see, look at this. It says, verse 28. You know, let us believe the words of Jesus, you know. He says, this is the first and great commandment. It must be the first and great commandment indeed. And he says, upon these two hang all the laws and the prophets. For concerning everything that is in the scriptures, they hang upon these two. They hang on these two. 
Amen. First Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28, he says, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing. Do you see? He says, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, Thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, government, diversities of tongues. Do you see? God has given all these gifts in the church. God has set all these gifts upon men in the church. Do you see? And Paul says, he says, verse 31, the same chapter, he says, but covet Honestly, the best gifts. It says, use your potential and convert the best gifts. The best of these gifts. If you see you, you have gifting in, in, in gifting in prophesying, convert after that gift. If you have gifting in miracles, convert after it. Honestly. Do you see? It says, but convert honestly the best gifts. And yet, and yet, listen. You see, you see we, we, we convert after these gifts and we admire these gifts. I said, let us not confuse the things of God with the love of God. Let us not confuse the two. He says, convert these gifts. It is powerful when the church is filled with shepherds who have ability to prophesy. Shepherds who have ability to perform miracles. Shepherds who speak in tongues. Shepherds who can teach. Hallelujah. Shepherds who have government skills, they have governing skills. They have ideas. Diversities of tongues, gifts of healing, helps. You are able to give. We convert after these gifts. He says, convert earnestly the best gifts. And yet, I show unto you a more excellent way. And yet, I show unto you a more excellent way. I'm going to show you a more excellent way. Yes, it is, it is better. It's good that a lot of you are prophesying. A lot of you speak in tongues. A lot of you perform miracles. A lot of, a lot of you have skills in governing and so on and so forth. Convert after them. Yet, I'll show you a more excellent way. And the more excellent way, he moved to the next chapter. And then he says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I have not love. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. You see, do you understand what, he's, what, what it means to speak with the tongues of angels? It means you speak in tongues and heavens are moving. Your tongues, the angels understand. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I have not love, I do not have love, I speak with the tongues of men, I speak spiritual language, I speak with the tongues of angels and have not love, 
I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. That means when you are praying, when you are praying, listen, when you are praying, when you are praying, and you are praying in tongues, powerful tongues, and you are, you are, you are flowing, you can pray powerfully. Your prayers rise up in the heavens, and the angels, they have to seal their ears. It's like tinkling cymbal. It is like, it's, it's noisy in their ears. It's noisy in their ears. You disturb God on his throne. Yes, you have become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move, I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. I am nothing. Wow. Wow. I have the gift of prophecy. I understand all mysteries. Mysterious dreams. You come, I will, I will give you. Exactly. Come and tell me your dreams and I will give you. Mysteries. And all knowledge. Talk about the scriptures. I have it here. It says, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith. Wow, what a shock. What a shock. I have faith. Hey. I thought, as for faith, I thought, as for that, if you don't have it, you, there's no way you can please God. Isn't that what the scripture says? Hey, you can't even be born again if you don't have that. You don't have faith that Jesus is the son of God. And that he died and he rose again. If you don't have that, you cannot even qualify to, for your name to be written in the book of life. Now your name has been written in the book of life by your faith. And he says you can have all the faith you want. So that you can even remove mountains. Let them be removed. Hey, if I came and I said that, you know, even if I don't, not a mountain. Listen, let's be honest. Even this pulpit. Even if this pulpit, if I stood here and I said, pulpit, be removed to the other side. And you saw the pulpit just lift up and then it moved. Up, 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 and the pulpit just comes and settles the mic here. Michael, be honest. Wouldn't you talk to me? Wouldn't you talk to all your friends about this pastor? Yes. Yes. Some of you will call the bronze news. Come to my church. Come and see my pastor. And then when they come, you come and whisper in my ear, Pastor, do that thing again. Do that thing again. The cameras are here. Show them. And I said, Puppet, camera. One, two, three. You ready? Puppet. Be that removed and be cast out to the other side. And the puppet. Ka, 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 ka. And then the people, the cameramen, bring their camera close to make sure Chani has not come secretly underneath and is moving the thing, but it's really moving and it's recorded. And 
they will do a three-dimensional recording from different angles. Record, make sure that no one was underneath. This one, we were there and we saw it. Don't you think the newsmen and everyone that came, they will remain in this church? Yeah. And a lot of people, they, it will, YouTube, it will be a blast. Yeah. Amen. He says, hey, I have such faith and I do not have charity. I do not have love. I am nothing. I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. Wow! Jesus, they nailed him on the cross. Me? Burn me for the people. He says, and I give my body to be burned and have not charity, I have not love. It profited me nothing. Wow. Ellen, I believe this love is meant to be very, very important. I believe that all the wonderful things that we can think of pertaining to spiritual things, all the powerful things that we can think of, if this love is not in it, it profits us nothing. It profits us nothing. So don't you think that if this love is such important and it, it is something that is like the ultimate, that it is a qualifying finale, if this is what it is, don't you think then we should know what this love is? Don't you think that then he should teach us what this love is? Don't you think that then we should really know so that we don't make mistakes? We should really know so that we can have this love in us. So then he went on to explain. And he says, this is this love that I'm talking about. And he says, charity suffereth long. Love, it suffereth long. Love is the one that is suffering, but it is enduring. It, it has endurance. It is never tired. It suffers and it's staying. This is this love. This is that love that is suffered long. That the people, even when you started your ministry, they're trying to crucify you. They're trying to kill you. They're trying all sorts of means. They want that you started preaching. They're trying to kill you. And you are suffering, but you are going on. This is that kind of love. He says, it suffered long. When the fullness of God is in you, that love, that love, when the love of God fills you, it makes you endure. It suffered long. Hallelujah. It says, it suffered long. It says, charity is kind. Charity envieth not. It has no envy. It has no envy. Hallelujah. You want to know this love? I believe we need to know it. It says, it vaunted not itself. This love is not puffed up. It's not puffed up. It says, it does not have, it does not behave itself unseemly. This kind of love. 
It seeketh not her own. This love is always seeking the, for others. It seeketh not her own. I tell you. You say that, he, oh, he buys me flowers. He kills himself for me. He does. Look, when the fullness of God is in you, it seeketh not his own. It will not seek his own. It will seek that you are always comfortable. I will suffer. As long as you are comfortable, I am okay. Hallelujah. It is the one that will say that I will give you my heart and I will live on batteries. I will run on batteries. That is that kind of love. Not the one that they say it, but the one that comes from the fullness of God in you. Hallelujah. So if anyone tells you, I will give you my heart and I will run on battery, ask him, where is God? Show me, where is God? Where is God? He says, oh, what is God? He said, then you, don't, you, you can't do that. It's not possible. It's not possible. <laughs> Amen. You know, let's read another version that, you know, it is charity vaunted not and itself. I, I, don't, I don't seem to like flow. See, let's break it down. Verse 4, it says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Do you see that it says, upon these two, Hang all the laws and the prophets. He says, upon these two, hang all the laws and the prophets. If you have this in you, the fullness of God in you, you have need of nothing else. He says, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. So, you see, if you find someone who is dishonoring you, see that there's not a whole lot of God in the person. It is not self-seeking. Eh? You bought a house, so we, I should also buy my house. You bought a house for your mother, so I, I want us to also build a house for my mother. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It is not easily angered. It is not. It, 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 that this, when the fullness of God is in you, you don't easily get angry. He says, it does not dishonor others. It keeps no record of wrongs. Hey, I don't know how many of you have God in you. Am I dialing some numbers? Am I dialing some numbers? And you remember last December, you know, last December, this is what you did. You know, you forgot. You didn't, it was my birthday, you forgot. You know, you, and then Mother's Day, you also forgot. Two years ago, Mother's Day, the same thing happened. You forgot. You couldn't even wish me happy Mother's Day. You forgot. How could you? How could you do that to me? How could you? And you have done it again. You remember five years ago when you did this, you told me that you will not do this thing again. Look, I have it. Look, it is here. Look, it is here. It is here. Five years ago, I wrote these things down. 
It says, love, it keepeth no record of wrong. Do you see how much, how, now how much God is in you? Just assess yourself. Assess, go into your files, your, your, your files, the records that you have kept and see how much God is in you. Some of you, you, have, you are married and in a very happy relationship, but you have not forgotten this Johnny who disappointed you 15 years ago and didn't marry you. <laughs> Amen. You have not forgotten. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love will never fail you. When there's fullness of God in you, when I tell you, all will fail you, but that will never fail you. I said, that will never fail you. That will never fail you. He said, love will never fail you. Love never fails. That means love is always successful. You may be looked upon as foolish when there's fullness of God in you, but it will never fail you. I said, it will never fail you. He says, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part will disappear. When the fullness of God comes, what is in part? It will disappear. When completeness comes, what is in part will disappear. Verse 13. He says, and now these three remain. These fundamental things of our faith, they remain. These fundamental things that hold us, that keep us, they remain. He says love. He says faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of all is love. When you finally come to these three, these three foundations, the greatest of all is love. And when you have that, it will never fail you. Hope can fail you. Faith can fail you. But what can never fail you, it is love. What can never fail you, it is love. What can never fail you, it is love. So convert after this love. Convert after this love. Let all of your heart go into it. Let all of your mind go into it. Let all of your being, let all of your strength Go into it because it will never fail you. It is that which will give you boldness on the judgment day. It, will, it is that which will cause you to remain in the marriage. It is that which will cause you to remain in the relationship. I tell you, I say, everything will fail you. But what, that which will not fail you is love. Our time is up. Put your hands together and stand onto your feet. Stand onto your feet.